one way. There isn't any detours. There's no oncoming traffic. Those that are peeling off are peeling off to the sides. But we've got a focus. And that's what we see in our two brothers that have given testimony this morning. That we've got our focus. We're going straight ahead. There are no detours. We're looking to Jesus. They're looking to Jesus. This is what we've been preaching about for the last 20 plus Sundays. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Father, we take this word to our hearts this morning, that we not grow weary and lose heart, that we keep looking to our Savior, Jesus Christ unflinching, not detouring, but continuing on, following in obedience. Pray in Jesus' name. We'll just be taking three verses this morning with these titles and uh, trust that the Lord will guide us as we, we go through this. Verse one is, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, you know, we've gone through chapter 11 last week, and we were kind of wondering, of course, in chapter 11, there are those big saints, those like Abraham and others who have left an indelible print on history, and particularly on we who are followers of Jesus Christ. They're the cloud of witnesses. They're the ones that are filling the grandstands around us. We have the word of God. And as we've said before, his word is proliferated throughout the world today. When I was a kid, we just got a box called TV. In fact, I think I even saw this girl on TV in a choir of just a few people. But you were the youngest. And I remember watching that program when I was a junior high school student. And then when I met her and found out that her parents had been with that organization in LA, we used to watch that every week. And uh, that's when I fell in love with her. (laughs) We have such a great cloud of witnesses and not just like Abraham or David or Samuel or even Samson, but there is a whole line of people that have gone ahead of us. Those of you who have come to the Lord, how did you come to the Lord? Was it on your own? Who was instrumental in your life? They were witnesses. 
And they perhaps have joined those who have passed on. But their life deposit in you still lives on. And I can list probably a dozen people who have affected my life for Jesus. And you probably could name even more in your life of those who have gone on ahead of us, who are the crowd of witnesses. And so we're talking about a race here. We've been talking about that for quite some time now. And those who have passed on are in the grandstand. And we're on the track. And they are cheering us on. I can't hear them. But this is what the... Well... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's okay. That's all right. We're grandparents. (laughs) We are great grandparents. The author of Hebrews has just named many of the witnesses of the faithfulness of God. They are a multitude, many whom we cannot recall nor name, but they have been witnesses to us no less. Perhaps you have some of those you can name. I'm wondering if you can name some of those right now. Those who left a deposit of wisdom, grace, prayer, a testimony, a life well lived for Christ. We are so blessed that we have so great a cloud of witnesses. But there's the race to run that we are left with. And with those witnesses in the stands, most likely those witnesses had to take this next step, laying aside every encumbrance, the weight that is on us as we run. The expectation, even, is an encumbrance in some ways. An encumbrance is something that we want to shed so that we can run better. What are they? Watching too much TV? I know you're going to say, oh, Ron. Spending too much time on Facebook? (laughs) Talking with friends? There are things that we are involved in that are not moving us forward. In fact, if we would shed some of it, we would be able to focus more on who the Savior is. And the race would become easier for us. But we have to make those choices. We have to shed those encumbrances so that they become something that is of the past It robs us of time and energy so that we don't spend time in the Word of God or prayer or witnessing to those around us. You know what that is. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you many times about that. And I trust that these words will remind you right now. You don't need to confess that to us. You just need to say, Lord, I surrender that. I don't need this in my life. I throw this off for the race, for the sake of the race. An encumbrance is really not a sin as such. You know that I've spoken out against Facebook many a time. I do not see Facebook as a sin. 
But I do think it's sin when that's where your life is focused. So Facebook is even neutral somewhat. Somewhat, I just qualify myself. (laughs) The sin, however, is in what entangles us. Sin which so easily entangles us. Let's make short accounts on that. Let's confess that. In fact, the Bible speaks of us confessing our sins one to another and forgiving one another. Why? Because we all want to run with all of our strength as fast as we can, as long as we can for the race. You know, you might think that, boy, you've got a lot of endurance. You are uh, strong and you can endure a lot. But you know, endurance is not a gift. You maybe have been given a good body, a, a body that can run more than someone else. But endurance comes from practice, toughening up yourself, disciplining yourself in the word, in prayer, in witness, in watching your own life and the attitudes that develop and laying them before the Lord so that he can trim you down so that you haven't got so much fat around you, slowing you down. Let us run with endurance. James 1, 2, 4 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Jesus is the author and perfecter, or another word for perfecter is finisher. Revelation 22:13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the author. He is the one who has created the race. He's the one that has set the pace. He's the one that is the goal. Perfecter. His word and the walk is perfect in all its ways. You know, we talk about the fact that Christianity is a religion. It is not a religion. It is not like the other religions of the world. It is the truth. And it's about Jesus and Jesus alone. You come in here to sit here for an hour, hour and a half, every week, that has absolutely no merit in and of itself, particularly if we're not preaching the gospel and we're not fellowshipping, we're challenging each other, encouraging one another. But to go to a temple, go to a shrine and do whatever they do there, that is religious because there is no evidence no evidence that that brings eternal reward. And when you drive by and see people at the temples and at the shrines, 
your heart has to go out to them. What futility. What a shame. And particularly, some of you have gone through this this last year or last couple of years of seeing your parents or relatives or neighbors or friends who have rejected and turned away from Christianity and Jesus in spite of your testimony. That hurts. So empty. But there is hope in Jesus. And we have that hope, which, like we've said before, is an anchor within the veil in Jesus Christ. And that is the reality that makes this altogether different and not a religion of works and trying to work it up. Yes, there are Christians, and I hope there's none here, who think, well, if I just did this, I'd be a better Christian. It's not about being better. It's about knowing Jesus. So close and so familiar and so intimate to us. We talk with him as we walk in the way because of who he is. He's the living God who has given us his spirit within us. And we have that fellowship and that help right there at hand. Perfecter of our faith. His joy and his victories talked about in this passage. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross? What was Jesus' joy? Ephesians 5, 25, 26. Let's just read this without thinking, well, wait a minute, let's understand it. Let's read it first. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her. This was an exhortation to husbands to love their wives. How? As Christ loved the church. What is Jesus' joy? Who for the joy he endured the cross? What was his joy? Hanging on the cross, he had joy. Why? What was Jesus' joy? Okay, how many of you guys are married? Raise your hands. Come on, confess. Okay, what was it like when she said, I will, I will follow you? Huh? Whoa, what was inside you when that happened, guys? You know that Jesus Christ is a husband to the church. He gave his life for us, the church. Who for the joy that was in him endured the cross. For us, the church, his bride, his joy, his victory. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. A place of authority, yes, we've talked about that. But it was also a place of anticipation and waiting for something from the Father's mouth. I was in Africa several times, and I had an opportunity to go with a young man to up in the village where his parents lived in a compound that had a fence around it, but it didn't look like it really would keep out any lions. But we spent the night there. And because I was a special guest, the young man... And his bride gave me 
their bedroom to sleep in. And I said, no, 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 I can just sleep on the floor. No, we want you to sleep there. What had happened was this young man had been looking to marry our daughter's housekeeper. And he was working down in Nairobi, but his parents were up in the highlands and he would go up there and build this house. And it wasn't until his dad said, okay, and it was right in the compound there. Okay, walls look pretty straight, pretty good. You've done a good job, son. Okay, it's time for you to go get your bride. We didn't happen to be there at the time, but my daughter told me about it. He and his buddies, his friends from the village, went down to Nairobi, and she was working as housekeeper for my daughter. And they heard the noise of, Hey! Hey! (laughs) Mukami! 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 It was Jiroge and his buddies calling for the bride to come out. Well, she had waited quite a while. It was about a year or so. And she was ready. And she came to the gate. And they took her up to the village. And then Kelly, our daughter, and her family followed and went up. And they had a great marriage ceremony up there in the village. And that's where I spent the night a year or so later. This is the same picture. I was amazed. Jesus sat down. This was his victory. It says that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or such thing that she would be holy and blameless. That was Jesus' victory. We are Jesus' victory. We are the bride he is waiting for. Incredible picture. Consider him. Don't lose heart. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. Paul exhorts us, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Consider him. Don't lose heart so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Peter says in 1 Peter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because we consider him, and because we have our eyes fixed on him, we don't lose heart. We encourage one another. Come on, Kevin, hang in there. And you say to me, Ron, hang in there. That's how we encourage one another. I need your encouragement. You need my encouragement. We need each other's encouragement to give ourselves wholly, wholeheartedly to the Lord. He is worthy of our admiration and love and our obedience our author and perfecter of our faith. It's his joy, his victory. We consider him. We don't lose heart. Father, we thank you for this word to our hearts. 
We pray your blessing on everyone as we leave this place, that we would stay close to you. If there's anyone here this morning, you don't know Jesus. We pray for you, that you'd come to know the bridegroom, the one who gave himself for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for for your joy, for your victory in our lives. You joy over us with singing. Thank you. Jesus' name, amen.